You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. We have a terrific show for you today with a couple of incredible guests, each dedicated to making our world a better place for our animal friends. First up is actress Charlotte Ross, who you may know from such shows as Glee and NYPD Blue. She'll stop by to share some of the campaigns she's working on to benefit animal welfare. And following her, we have our friend Justin Scally, National Director of Red Star back, who's going to talk about his team's recent deployment to really help rebuild an animal shelter in New Jersey that was in dire need of some TLC. But first, I want to touch on a couple of bits of news in the animal world. Well, so many of us have been joining the uh, 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi, which has just concluded. And it's one of the biggest stories in these games have been those gold medals, thanks to our wonderful American Olympians. But there's also been stories about four-legged creatures. Yes, many of us have read about the dogs of Sochi and our American athletes or U.S. Olympians wanting to bring those animals home. You know, aside from all those athletic achievements on the slopes and on the ice, one of the major issues leading up to the games in the aftermath is the situation, the dire situation of the stray dogs of Sochi. These games caused an unprecedented amount of construction, forcing families to relocate from areas where the government needed to build venues, hotels, and other facilities necessary to produce those Olympics. And when those families left town, many left behind their dogs. In fact, in Russia, the culture of spaying and neutering pets is not nearly as prevalent as it is here. So as you can imagine, that led to an explosion in the stray population. And Russian officials, as we all read in horror, viewed these poor dogs as nuisance and in some cases even rounded them up, killed them with drugs and a host of other inhumane, inhumane and horrible situation for those animals. Broke a lot of our hearts and it broke the hearts of our Olympians there and people came together to want to make a change. You know, several American athletes really became enamored by those homeless pets and took it upon themselves to try to bring these dogs back stateside. One who we know and love is Gus Kenworthy, a silver medalist in men's slope style skiing. He's trying to bring home five dogs, four puppies and their mother. Each dog's received their vaccinations and were awaiting a flight to Denver. We've understood that this has been held up by Russia and that we're not expecting those dogs to make it to Denver, Colorado anytime soon. We're keeping our fingers crossed that we can get those dogs home. Gus, however, through his leadership, is setting a fabulous example of what today's show is all about, the importance of creating a more humane world for people and animals alike. We're going to try and get him on as a guest very soon on our show, so let's stay tuned. And behind the scenes, I wanted to let you know that American Humane Association has quietly worked with officials on the ground in Russia, with members of the U.S. Olympic Committee, and so many athletes to try to bring home the mutts with the medals. And uh, that's been a very important initiative of ours, and we've met many obstacles in making that happen. But now we turn our attention to something near and dear to our hearts of AHA. A few weeks ago, we had on the Weather Channel's Mike Bettis and our own Amy McCullough to talk about the search for the Weather Channel therapy dog. 
There were five finalists culled from around the country, each dog with a tremendous story and a lot of heart that would make them the perfect choice for a therapy dog. And in the end, drumroll please, Butler from the Humane Society of Charlotte was selected and will serve as our new spokesdog for the Weather Channel and American Humane Association. You know, he'll live in Colorado with Amy and her two other therapy dogs, Bailey and Beckett. And right now, this gorgeous one-and-a-half-year-old shepherd mix is undergoing training to become a certified therapy dog in time for storm season this spring, which is when severe weather really ramps up around this country. And, you know, in instances of a big disaster striking, such as last year's deadly tornado in Moore, Oklahoma, Amy Butler and the Weather Channel will visit the impacted communities after the storm, bringing a much-needed dose of love, a lot of wagging, and most importantly, the unconditional love and power of healing that a therapy dog can have in our lives. Studies have shown that animal-assisted therapy brings a sense of comfort and maybe even closure for people who are under duress, and Butler will be there to provide this innovative therapy to the people who need it most. Stay tuned to our friends at the Weather Channel throughout this year as they provide updates on Butler's training and visits to communities struck by disaster. You can also follow Butler's travel and training on his new Facebook page. You can visit facebook.com slash therapydogbutler to learn more. And now, as we think about those dogs in Sochi and we think about how we can make the world a better place, A special cheers and congratulations to our U.S. Olympians who made us so proud in their athletic endeavors, but who also showed the entire world what it is to be humane. Thank you all for joining our show today. We look forward to kicking it off with our great friend, Charlotte Ross. We'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T Yes, a simple solution for shedding. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Our first guest today is an actress with so many credits on today's most popular TV series. Perhaps you know her as her wonderful role as Detective Connie McDowell on the long-running NYPD Blue, where she was also nominated for two Emmy Awards for her work on Days of Our Lives. And by the way, Charlotte, that's my mother's favorite show for years. And and now (laughs) she she has a recurring role on Glee and just signed for a recurring role on ABC's hit series, Nashville. But when she's not on set, she's an outspoken animal advocate, and that's why we just love her so much. Please welcome to the show, Charlotte Ross. Hi, Robin. Thank you for having me, and thank you for such a sweet introduction. That was very sweet. 
Oh, well, of course, and you deserve it, and we are so proud to know you, and we're just proud to know of your passion for animals, and you have been so busy. Tell me particularly what's going on this week that's so exciting for you. This week is Animal Legal Defense Fund's National Justice for Animals Week, which is February 16th through 22nd, and I'm involved with a handful of organizations, and this is one of them, and I just think they're so vital um, and so important, and their work is so impressive, and and that, in a nutshell, is kind of dealing with the lawmakers and helping the attorneys deal with, you know, state-by-state individual laws to protect our animals, and also this this thing that I was involved with this PSA for this week is about how we as individuals can get involved as well and in terms of signing petitions, in terms of downloading the Animal Legal Defense Fund's smartphone app. So, you know, we're all busy. We're all trying to do as much as we can. So if you're driving by a house and you see, you know, a dog in bad shape or a cat in bad shape, you can actually just press your smartphone and, and get some help and action right away. And so, you know, we all want to help animals as much as we can and sometimes it can get overwhelming and we have to realize that every little thing we do as small as it may seem really does add up so that's kind of what it's bringing awareness to that's fantastic and this is national justice for animals week that you're talking about which is just fantastic to have that kind of social justice for animals be part of the national yeah. dialogue and i yeah. am so excited about that that new smartphone app and that's available at the animal legal defense fund site yes exactly it's a crime tips app that you can get and you can also go on their site and sign the animal bill of rights and help spreading the message through social media today is now so important there's so many great rescue organizations and we really should support each other because we're all trying to you know accomplish the same thing and i think that you know ALDF is really needs support because they are dealing with the attorneys that help prosecute the people that are you know, doing these horrific things to animals that are breaking the law. And, you know, enforcing those laws is is one thing. Changing the laws is another thing. And again, sometimes we feel so helpless. You know, how can person A do something so horrific to that animal? And sometimes our only course of action is through the legal system. So it was founded by these attorneys in the early 80s, I think. And so I just have a lot of admiration for people that day in, day out, really follow their passion and trying to get more basic rights for animals in general. And you know, it really varies from state to state. So it's it does. It's something we all have to kind of just bring our awareness to. So I was just really honored to to be a part of it. Well, you were recently uh, recognized by HSUS as the Animal Advocate of the Year. That's fantastic, and we're all so proud to know you. Tell us a little bit about what you did for that recognition. Oh, you're so sweet. You're so sweet. Oh, you know, I was totally honored. I mean, we, we all feel blessed when we get recognition for something we're so passionate about and work so hard on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not our ultimate goal, but what it was, to make a long story short, was two of my biggest passions are how many healthy, adoptable dogs and cats are put down in our local and county city shelters. The other is is chimpanzees. I just fell in love with Jane Goodall's books and her stories, and mm-hmm. I find looking into their eyes is like looking into my brother's eyes. They're just, they're just extraordinary creatures, as I'm sure you all yes. know and agree with. And I went to Capitol Hill on, on behalf of HSU and was with these amazing primatologists and scientists 
pets and um, to make a long story short, they've uh-huh. been kept in these these five by five by seven cages and it's an archaic model and we're the only industrialized nation in the world that still was testing on chimps and it really needed to be phased out because the scientific community has spoken and they're not the correct genetic model for HIV, hepatitis B and C. So they were kind of languishing there and costing taxpayers 90% more than it would be to have them retire into sanctuaries. So mm-hmm. I guess I was just the celebrity arm <laughs> you know, that, that went there. But I've since visited many different sanctuaries around the, the country, one being Chimp Sanctuary Northwest in Washington mm-hmm. State. And to see how they thrive after 20 to 30 years in these cages is one of the most beautiful, magnificent things you've ever seen in your life, to see the sun and to have mm-hmm. social interaction like we as humans need, they need it too. And it's just a huge passion of mine. So I was just honored to be a part of it. Oh, well, congratulations. And thank you for that. It's a great example of inspirational leadership. And I think if so many of our listeners would actually take a few moments to write their legislators about their love for animals, write them and ed- help educate our legislators as well mm-hmm. about what we can all together do to make the world so much better and so much more humane, you know, as we look at yeah, that, that's know, what we're peti- all seeking. Those petitions really do add up. Those petitions, they really do take into account. So Mm-hmm. And we, you can do a lot online now, too. So you can sign a right. lot of petitions online now, and, and they add up. I mean, one of the biggest reasons the whole recent thing with the Cove and Taiji and the Dolphins got on the Katie Couric show and, and mm-hmm. other things like that is because of the power of social media and how people spoke up and signed petitions and so on. So it does get heard, and it does make a difference, and it does hopefully cause change, you know. Right. And that's what we're all about. It is causing social impact and change and driving that for the benefit of our most vulnerable, which for American Humane, well, that's, what, know, that's what you're doing. You're spearheading yeah. that as well. So yeah. I applaud you for the work that you've been doing, which has been well, very broad for both children and animals. So that's so extraordinary. And I totally support your organization. I'm just very impressed. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's hard work, but, you know, more of us need to get together and uh, and really advocate. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. what I so enjoyed reading about you recently is that I understood you took part in No Kill LA's Adoption Weekend last fall. And yeah. what an important way to spread awareness as well. Tell us a little bit about that special event. Well, one of my other organizations that I just love, I mean, there's so many people that, you know, we have this born love and affinity towards the souls of animals and we want to help right. help them, you know, live a better life. That's all, you know, hopefully it's a long one, but just a humane life. And one of the other organizations is Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. And I think that they are leading the charge for what we all dream of, and that is having no-kill shelters in our states. I mean, it's a daunting task because of overcrowding and spay and neuter, but NKLA stands for No-Kill Los Angeles, and they've since opened two in Los Angeles, NKLA, and another one in Mission Hills. And it's actually brought down the number of deaths in our local and county city shelters in Los Angeles by thousands thousands and it's really really making a difference and so the NKLA adoption event is where they pull from all the local county and city shelters so it's it's why we I think we really need to work together it's not just one organization and another and so you know those are the forgotten animals as you know from the local Mm -hmm. county and city shelters they're the ones that it's hard for us to go to because we wonder if they're going to be there tomorrow and all the things that happen but we have to save a life and, and adopt. So I went there and I just, I helped and volunteered. And I also went to visit Best Friends in uh, Utah, which is where they're based out of, right. and saw their whole concept. And 
that's my dream. I dream of a day when all of our cities and states have no-kill shelters and they're not the thousands and thousands we put down on a daily basis. You know, isn't that your dream as well? (laughs) You know, our dream is that every animal has a loving forever home, you know, has Mm -hmm. access to great veterinary care so they can live healthy and happy and really celebrate the power of the human-animal bond. You know, we as humans really, I think, live healthier and happier lives when we have an animal in our lives. And I think that's that's pretty powerful. And, you know, we're all coming off here of the Olympics, the the great U.S. Olympic teams out there, and hasn't it been Mm -hmm. in inspirational for them to step up and tell the world what it is to be humane by running to bring home puppies. Talk about a shelter issue in Russia. I think that was highlighted to the entire world about the issue of stray pets in communities. And of course, the most inhumane treatment was what we were reading about and seeing on the news for those precious animals. Uh, It's been quite a few weeks here for Americans who we have problems in our own backyard, but for really to be awakened again about how this problem is global, don't you think? Oh, well, it's so global. It's so global. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on. I know in India, they paid some of the government workers to kill dogs because they're overpopulated and some have rabies. There's an organization I've been supporting called Mission Rabies where they go there and they inoculate these dogs to give them a chance of survival so they then don't go ahead and kill somebody. I don't know that much about Sochi. Are you telling me there's, there's a lot, there's a high density of homeless dogs in freezing Sochi? Yes, and Sochi isn't as cold. It's a seaside community. And what happened and what American Humane has been working on over the past week and a half is trying to provide mm-hmm. some boots on the ground support for our wonderful Americans, the Olympians, and of course their families to bring those dogs home oh, with great. us. And we've been working very, very hard with the U.S. Olympic Committee. We've found veterinary care both here in the U.S., quarantine facilities in the U.S. with a wonderful partner of ours, as well as veterinary and expedited travel paperwork with veterinarians in Russia. And then today, we just learned that, of course, the Russian government has shut down our ability to be able to bring those dogs home with the U.S. Olympic team. So, Oh, no, we, you found that out today? We did. So we're just, oh, we, no. we know we've Why got... Why would a, they do that? That's well, we just have that's a lot a great of work I, that's to That's such do. a great idea to do because I've worked, I've done a couple movies in Puerto Rico and each time I go there, I bring home a handful of dogs that I find homes for, one of which I kept for 18 years named Taco. And Taco is Aww. the story that I would tell everybody because he was the perfect example of taking a dog from the streets, aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. emotional issues, you know, not used mm-hmm. to having a forever mm-hmm. home, certainly. And um, with patience, and that's what it takes from, a, from an owner, as you know, right. they ultimately become the most giving forever, grateful, loving dogs ever. And wow. you were really onto something by trying to bring them here because that might be their only shot. I'm like, so what a great effort. Yes. I'm sorry it got shut down knowing your organization. Wow. You'll keep trying. Wow, that's that's amazing. Gosh, I didn't even like know about Taco. that. <laughs> I yeah, great, about that. great to have stories about Taco, and those are great examples yeah. for all of us, particularly those who travel overseas to really help spread what is a, not just an American value of compassion, caring, and hope, but it's really a, mm-hmm. it's a value that I know we share with other people around the world, and sometimes we just we have to continue to educate and make those folks aware of, of better practices so we can uh, build a better world. Absolutely. In the United mm-hmm. States, though, at least I know some organizations that are trying to take, for example, there's some states that don't have a large amount of small dogs to adopt in their local county and city shelters. So they take all the ones that we have an abundance of here in Los Angeles and put them on planes and cars and get them. I think that's a great, a great thing to do too. 
Absolutely. I love the transport programs that are bringing, you know, unwanted animals from one neck of the woods to another that has desperate need for animals in new homes. I just think there's a great way for us to match that. I think there's been some recent advances in technology to make that happen, too. So some good work. I love that. So now if we could just spread it out <laughs> that's to Mexico right. and a few other countries, that would be that would be wonderful. Well, that's yeah. a great effort that you guys yeah. have done. Well, wonderful. great for what you have done. And, you know, Charlotte, as we look at National Justice for Animals Week and, and as mm-hmm. it's, it comes to a close, you tell us what's next on the horizon for you. Oh, gosh, next on the horizon. Well, I don't think a day goes by where I don't try to do something for for animal rights. It's just a huge passion of mine. I think I used to dream when I was a kid of becoming famous just so I could have a platform to help bring awareness to the voiceless animals that need, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of basic rights. I mean, as an actress, you're so busy, you can't breathe. And sometimes you have nothing to do. So what I try to do is actually just go to my local county and city shelters and volunteer, you know, just physically go and bring food, bring some dog beds, give them a brush and just to feel like I'm doing something active. And I also do as much as I can on social media, but I'm going to go visit some gibbons this Saturday. Oh, that's I'm wonderful. Always, always doing something. And I'm always trying to give my support to when I hear stories like you just mentioned about Sochi and, mm-hmm. and the people on the front lines like yourself that are dedicating their lives. I just want to help spread the word for people that are doing such important work and anything I can do to help bring celebrities and more awareness to the general public for supporting people that are on the front lines like yourself. I think it's a team effort, and I think most people innately love animals and want the best for them, and it's raising awareness, you know what I mean? So anything to help do that, I I try to do daily if I can. That's wonderful. I mean, you're just such an inspirational example to all of us, and and I'm really excited about seeing you on Nashville. It's one of our favorite shows. Oh, thank you. I can hear you got a little accent. <laughs> your voice right there. You could be that's on the show right. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to come out on occasion, that's for sure. But it an exciting, I like that. <laughs> what an exciting <laughs> show. So we're thrilled and we're big fans. So we'll be able oh, to good. tune in and see you there. But Charlotte, thank you so much for your generous time today. And, oh, and really, thank you. thank you for your tireless commitment to making the world a better place for our well, precious same animals. Well, to you. Same to you. And, you know, good luck with all your work. Anything I can do to help with, with you organization. I'll I'll be in the front of the line. So thank you for having me. It was was really quite an honor. So thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. And for our listeners, we'll be right back with another hero for our animals, our very own Justin Scally, going to talk to us about a deployment with his Red Star team to the state of New Jersey. And you're listening to Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber 
from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are here for you. We're trying to make life with your pets even better. I know it's hard to believe that can it even be better than it is, and hopefully it's fantastic already. The goal here is to answer your questions, help you out with your problems, anything you really wanted to know, but maybe you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, or maybe it was just too expensive to go to your veterinarian just to ask a few simple things. So that's what you got me for here at uh, Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Call in. We'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to the show. You know, uh, New Jersey has been in the news an awful lot lately. From bridge drama with Governor Christie to the never-ending housewife drama, it seems like sometimes there's little good news coming out of the Garden State. But here today on Pet Life Radio and our Be Humane Radio show, we're here to change all that. You know, animal shelters are meant to be pillars in our communities. Temporary stops for animals before they can find their loving forever homes. But we had been hearing reports of the 100 Humane Shelter New Jersey having lost its way. So our Red Star team was called in by our friends at the New Jersey SPCA to assist in working with this shelter to fix its problems. And so I am now proud to be joined by our national director of Red Star, who spent a while on the ground at this shelter doing everything from caring for the animals to rewriting the shelter's regulations so that these problems would never, ever reoccur. Proud to welcome back to our show my friend Justin Scally. Justin, how are you and welcome. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, we have had you back because our last time we were talking about making change in communities and then shortly thereafter, you deployed to the Garden State of New Jersey. Can you tell us why you were called in for Red Star to intervene with this shelter? Most certainly. Well, American Humane Association's Red Star team was called in to provide assistance to the New Jersey SPCA with a unique and historical situation. Quite simply, it was a situation where the Hunter and Humane Animal Shelter had lost its way. There was an ongoing investigation involving the director and the overall operations involving that shelter, and we were called in to essentially help them press restart. And that meant everything from helping to clean and care for the animals to helping to get things disinfected and starting new cleaning protocols, care protocols, working with the veterinarians for veterinary procedures and vaccines and things. And it was a big undertaking. We spent about two weeks there, but just an absolutely awe-inspiring deployment. Oh, that's it sounds like it was awe inspiring because I understand that the transformation was a full three sixty. Can you tell our listeners, Justin, what were your impressions when you first arrived? Certainly. When I arrived, you know, there was animals that were free roaming inside of various rooms that also had contagious diseases. So mm. what I mean by that is that there's many times that you know you may go into a shelter and they may have a free-range cat room, and it's not necessarily a problem provided that those animals are healthy. But unfortunately, what we found was that many of these animals had 
symptoms of illness, and they were contagious illnesses, and they were allowed to really free roam inside that area and place the other cats that were in jeopardy. It was also not clean. There was no cleaning protocols that were being followed, and it was in disarray. And so just uh, a big task, but a task that Red Star was happy to tackle nonetheless, and one that we brought the volunteers and staff under our wing along the way. You know, um, under your leadership, you've certainly deployed a lot in your time at American Humane Association. And, And this sounds like one of those memories that you will not soon forget. Justin, can you describe what was one of the most shocking things you found out about in this shelter when you walked in? One of the most shocking things was just, uh, you know, there was so many animals with the lack of ability to be able to address the the day-to-day thing. So just cleaning, as an example, was an issue. And and it was quite shocking. And, you know, it was also the amount of time that the animals had been there. There's animals that have been there for a long time. And so I think that, you know, that was very, very shocking to many of us that were involved in this response. So I understand when you talk about animals being there for a long time, our listeners need to understand that there was a cat named Egypt that was there. Did I read this right? For 14 years? How can that happen? There was a cat, most indeed. There was a cat there named Egypt um, that had been there for 13 to 14 years. He was around 14. And that cat had been there, had been living at that facility for that period of time. And, you know, really what um, we believe may have happened is a culmination of things. There wasn't a lot of promotion as far as adoption. And, you know, it was really unfortunate. And so, you know, what happened was, was a lot of these animals just kind of languished in this shelter system. So instead of becoming a temporary home, this became mm-hmm. a long-term holding facility for these animals, which is not the intent of most shelter operations. Yes, that is very, very true. Well, you know, this we've talked about a lot of the negative, right? What you walked in, you saw the the dirt, the free-roaming animals who were suffering from disease, and you did so much good work in a short amount of time. Can you tell us what's happened to some of these animals now? And I know our listeners have big hearts and homes where they're going to want to bring these animals into them. Can people still adopt these animals? Are they ready for adoption? Most certainly. These animals are being prepared for adoption. There are animals that were transferred to partnering shelters throughout the community and within the region, and many of those animals have already been put up for adoption, such as uh, with St. Hubert's and North Shore Animal League. There's some different shelters that have also taken them, the Humane Society of Bucks County. So at those locations, these, predominantly the cats, are available for adoption. There was close to 200 animals that were at this facility when we arrived. And as of the latest report, I'm told that there's only about 40 animals, and not a single one of them from the time that we arrived had to be euthanized while we were there. in that response. So it's just amazing, amazing thing to be able to partner with such wonderful shelters, such wonderful New Jersey SPCA, and and just being able to help them and, you know, continue to work with them to continue to address this issue. Wow. I mean, you walked in 200 animals, many needing care, and this team, along with the New Jersey SPCA, amazing turnaround. And now they're down to 40 animals, thanks to so many of the partner organizations taking those. Can you tell me what happened to Egypt? (laughs) I hope Egypt's been adopted. 
Yes, Egypt actually went to St. Hubert's. So that is where Egypt went, and it was actually a unique situation where the individual who took Egypt in years ago was actually the same person that uh, helped get Egypt to St. Hubert's. So it was a wonderful, wonderful turn of events for Egypt, and um, she's doing well. Oh, I'm so glad. I love the photo of Egypt. Beautiful kitty. Beautiful kitty. Well, you know, Justin, you are always on deployment helping to save animals all around the country. Since you've returned home, uh, any other news from Red Star and what's next for you and your team? Yeah, we're always, always responding somewhere. There's always <laughs> something going on, and, and we're wanting to help out everywhere that we can. And I think that you'll find that there, we're going to have some news next week involving a response, and you know that will be involved you know, helping more animals in a community that's definitely need, in need and in crisis. And uh, we look forward to, to sharing that information soon. Oh, that's great, Justin. We're so proud of, of all the work that you and your staff and the volunteers for Red Star, the Red Star our rescue teams are just heroes in so many communities. And what an incredible story of the work with in partnership with the New Jersey SPCA to, to really make a, make that shelter have a successful transformation. And we're really proud of that. So many long hours, I know, Justin, because I know I heard from you late at night about updates throughout that deployment. So thank you so much. And we're proud. Justin, any final comments and words as our listeners think about what they can do at their own hometown shelter? I think that the possibilities are endless. There's so many things that folks can do help right at home. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop at just adoption. If you can't adopt, perhaps you might be able to be a foster for a homeless pet. Perhaps it's, you know, getting the word out about adoption or helping with donation drive. You know, maybe they need supplies. There's just so many different things. Volunteering, you help at a shelter, maybe it's a local rescue group. So there's Mm -hmm. just so many things to do to help communities in need, shelters in need, and ultimately help build humane communities throughout our country. Oh, Justin, that's fantastic. And a lot of these can be family activities. I know that my 13-year-old son and I are now doing a food drive for our local Humane Society, and we're thrilled to be collecting pet food and supplies from our neighborhood and from his school. And we hope to take a Yukon load full of goodies for the our local Humane Society so it can be a family volunteering opportunity, can it? Absolutely. It's actually mm-hmm. a wonderful way to have a family you know, work and do something like this because it teaches kids volunteerism and about giving back to the community and helps to show the plight of animals and communities. So that's fabulous, Robin. Yeah, good stuff. And I encourage all of us this spring to get our families involved, all generations, and, and really help our local hometown shelters and show them that we care. We care about those animals. We care about those staff members. And we care about what they're doing in our communities because they're on the front lines of the humane movement. And that's really all the time we have for our show today. Thank you for joining us on Be Humane. And I look forward to speaking with you again same time next week and until then let's all remember to be humane let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com